Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Let's talk about 
rebellion against the British. Don't get excited. It's actually not our rebellion. This is a different rebellion. You see, this is about Irish stuff. Specifically, we're talking about April 24th, 1916. But we need to backtrack just a little bit before we get to that fateful day, that fateful week. Ireland and Britain, it's an interesting, it's an interesting relationship. Obviously, Britain would be considered the big brother, the dad there. There's a lot of history there going all the way back to, I mean, shoot, Henry VIII, probably before then. When Henry VIII was divorcing a new woman every other month because he couldn't have kids, which we now know was a problem with his equipment and not theirs, but they didn't know that at the time. And remember that episode I did not too long ago on the Pope's influence on the different monarchs across Europe? Again, the Pope wasn't running the individual countries that had their kings, but at the same time, the Pope did have the power to excommunicate a monarch and would do it. And in an era where if you get excommunicated, you're burning in hell for eternity, that's a big deal. A very big deal. So it's almost like the Pope had veto power on some things. No, I'm not telling you how to run your business. Yeah, you're not going to divorce her or I'm sending you to hell. That kind of thing. Well, Henry VIII, this is not about him. He wanted these divorces. Sooner or later, he's decided, you know, screw you, Pope. I don't think Catholicism is for me. I'm going to be a Protestant. Now, you may be confused the difference between Catholicism and being a Protestant, and I am certainly not going to go into it today. Just know this. Protestants, and this is so general, I'm going to get hate mail for days and it's going to be hilarious. Protestants in general believe you can approach God on your own. You can talk to God right now. Catholics kind of believe that, kind of believe you have to go through a representative here on earth. Again, I'm going to get hate mail about that too. Fine. I said it was general. (laughs) But we don't view that divide now in 2020 America as being that big of a deal because, I mean, who who gives a crap, right? I mean, do you care? I have a million Protestant friends. I have a million Catholic friends, especially down here in Texas. All the Mexicans we got down here, we got Catholics all over the place because it's huge with the Hispanic population. So, I mean, all my Mexican buddies are Catholic. Most of my white friends are Protestant. It's just, it's just, but it's not, it's not something we've ever even argued over. We'll all hang out together. It just doesn't come up. So it's hard for us to wrap our minds around people were being tortured and burned at the stake over these differences for a long, long time. Now, fast forward a little bit. We have Britain. We have Ireland. There's a rebellion. This is in late seven, late, late, late 1700s, 1798. 
Finally, the rebellion is put down and Ireland is brought in to what then became the United Kingdom. Now, the United Kingdom is a funny deal. It's complicated. I'm not going to go into all of it. But what you essentially need to know is this. As part of that deal, bringing Ireland into the United Kingdom, Ireland lost its parliament that it had in Dublin. And it was governed by a united parliament in London. So I want you to picture this. Because it's hard to picture. We are the United States of America. Canada, by a miracle from God, takes us over. Canada's running things now. Canada takes our Congress, and we no, no longer have congressmen here. You know, you don't have a congressman in your district. All the governing takes place way up north in the Arctic tundra somewhere. So you feel like you don't have real representation, and that is a problem. Now, let's fast forward a lot, and I'm going to skip over 10 million things because the show's only three hours long, and I'd need 9,000 hours to try to break all this down. We are now World War I era. You have Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is more Protestant like Britain. They are more okay with the current situation than the rest of Ireland. And that is going to be, what I just said is going to make some Irishmen mad. I'm not saying they were these traitorous people who were on the side of the Brits. They were just what you would consider more moderate people who thought they could get more gains for the Ireland they loved too. If we would, you know, let's go along with the current political system. Let's send our representatives along. We can... We can advocate for better representation at home and more, you know, autonomy and things like that, but we don't have to be militant about it. And then there was the rest of Ireland. There were some hardcore parts of the Irish who thought, uh, no, how about we just be completely our own thing and they can be completely their own thing. Now, Here's the deal. The guys in Northern Ireland, the guys clearly more popular with the British you know, leadership, they decided that they were going to start kind of a militia. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would they start a militia? Well, you're thinking that because you're used to the modern era. Starting militias locally... Homegrown militias is not in any way abnormal historically, not at all. Communities oftentimes had responsibility for their own protection and order. And it never hurts, at least throughout history. Again, we have such a big, vast country, we don't see it this way. Someone like in Israel today, this would make more sense of, uh, we only have so many people, everybody needs some kind of training. Israel's surrounded by people who want to murder them. You've got, what, 8, 9 million people? You don't have the luxury as a 22-year-old dude of saying, you know, guns aren't for me. No, you don't have to be a super commando. Your butt's going to the range now and then, though. We got to know you can function. 
Again, that's hard for us to understand. You have a nation of 330 million people. We have plenty of people in the military. You can just dance through your day without ever knowing how to use a weapon. Not the case throughout history. Now, them starting this militia in Northern Ireland, it's not that common for them. So they weren't sure how this was going to be received. And the Brits were great with it. Well, hold on. These are our allies. You guys want to start a militia? Yeah, it's fine. Start a militia. You know what? Start a militia. Oh, you want some weapons too? Yeah, sure. Have some weapons. Have some rifles. And now you have the rest of Ireland and some serious, seriously nationalistic Irishmen are saying, well, We're not going to let those dirty northern Irishmen start a militia unless we have a militia. We're trying to get our own thing here. And so a militia began. Now we have problems coming. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. Ebb sleep. It has, well, it's changed how my day goes. Not how my night goes. It's changed how my day goes. Because (laughs) when I don't sleep, maybe you're like this, maybe you're not, I'm horrible. And I don't just mean mean, although I am mean. I can't think right. It, it, It turns me into a shell of who I normally am. And everybody knows why you can't sleep, right? It's, it's not because you had that extra cup of coffee at 1.30 in the afternoon. It's because you lay down at night and you can't turn off your mind. You can't stop it. I go through the same thing. You think about the day you had. You think about the day you're going to have. You think about, gosh, coronavirus, the pandemic, the depression. It's, it's, it's bad. Get an ebb sleep. It's a wearable device that calms your thoughts. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Get 25 bucks off your ebb sleep. So we get some militias starting. In Ireland. This is pre, now it's just pre, and this is going to matter, this is pre-World War I. And I don't want to make this sound like some kind of nefarious terrorist group or something like that, depending on how you look at what we're about to discuss today. Understand this. This is a healthy way, and this is how it's viewed at the time, a healthy thing for men to do, physically, mentally, otherwise. These guys, when they're starting, and it's very, it's, it's more than one group, keep in mind, but when they're starting, they are not starting, even though they're mostly nationalists, you know, we are Ireland, we should be independent Ireland, but they're not rabid about that. 
the leadership is, but really they're just trying to bring the men together. And they bring men together and they drill. They do military drills. This is several times a week. It's not done in secret, and it is not done as some nefarious thing. They would march through town. People would cheer them on. It was, if you're at all a fighting age male, something that really, really gained some popularity. I, I, I hate to put it this way, but think of it like adult Eagle Scouts. This is not some terrorist group. And it starts small with the hardcore nationalists. And as normally happens, as you could see happening, the numbers grow quickly as, you know, how many of you out there are listening to me right now? And you're thinking, I got, you know, good job, pretty happy with my life. Wife's pretty hot. Kids aren't idiots. Life's okay. Life's good. 40 years old, starting to make a little money. I wouldn't mind getting a little extra exercise. Every man enjoys the feel of a weapon in his hands. Quit, Chris. It's fine. It's good. It's healthy. It's the nature of man. And that's how it grew. Oh, wow. Look, they're out there drilling again, practicing with, you know what, honey? I think I'm going to join. It's it's like one hour a a, a, a a, a night, three times a week, she'd be like, ah, go get some exercise. You're getting a little tired, a little spare tire around your belly anyway. And that's really how it grew. Now understand, as the numbers are growing, the nationalistic sense of it is going down, getting watered down. Not nearly as hardcore as it began. Because you got a bunch of guys who aren't necessarily there for free Ireland. It's more... I got to do some push-ups. And they see that group up north. Remember, the more British-aligned, I'm going to call them unionists from now on, okay? So just understand, when I say unionist, I'm talking about more the Northern Ireland pro-British, let's stay in the British Union types. They see the militia of the unionists get some weapons, and they think to themselves, well... I want some weapons. And the Brits look at that request and say, ah, no. Well, now you're really, really feeling a little oppressed. If you were already feeling the Brits don't respect us, we should be our own thing. What is this crap? We shouldn't live under British rule. And then you see the British give some weapons to the guys up north. And you say, well, we should have them too. And you put in your request and Brit says, no. What are you going to think to yourself? Well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Now, war breaks out in Europe. And we are talking about World War I. The Irish-British relationship is... And was more complicated than I can ever describe to you. I don't come close to fully understanding it. But you need to understand this. The Irish in general weren't some rebellious people who hated Britain. They volunteered by the thousands when Britain asked to step up and go fight and die in that conflict. 
and I won't go into all the details of it again, but I'll bring this up every time I talk about World War One. That is fighting and dying in a way you do not want to have to do. If there is any one conflict who would be number one on my list of conflicts I would not want to fight in in the history of the world, any kind of fighting, it would be World War I. That kind of miserable, horrific living and dying is ugly. And they used to keep troops. Thank goodness they don't do this anymore. They used to keep guys from their hometown together for a reason. It sounds nice, right? Well, sweet. I'm going to go fight with Bill. Hey, we're going to be look. We'll fight with Jeff from across the street. We're all going to fight together. We all know each other. That'll work out well, right? Well, yeah, that part of it's nice for unit cohesion. The part of it's not nice is when you get the whistle blown and that group, that platoon all gets ordered over the top and they all get cut down by machine gun fire in 30 seconds, then that town, that neighborhood, has just lost all of their young men in one day. And there are stories about that, horrific stories. Picture this scene. Picture this scene, because this is real. A neighborhood. A relatively close-knit neighborhood as people were back then. There There wasn't social media or TV. People were just more connected personally. In one day, one neighborhood, every wife, every mother gets a letter in the mail saying, your son's never coming home. Your husband's never. Can you picture laying down at night and hearing the wailing and weeping in your neighborhood? It would create something different, right? That's a different, that's something different. It's rough. So Irishmen were fighting and dying. And even those in the nationalistic militia, lots of them signed up. Let's go fight and die. That's what men do. That's what we should do. And then the leaders of this IRB, nationalistic militia, decide it is time. We need to have us a rebellion and we need to get out of Great Britain. Or we need to get out of the United Kingdom. And rebellions are a complicated affair. We have a love affair with them, you and I do, because of the history of our nation. We are founded on rebellion. I happen to be more rebellious in nature. That's why we've been doing those hilarious uh, iTunes subscriptions and the handsome comments, which are still killing me, by the way. I'll read some more today on the air because I was told not to and because I enjoy it. It makes me laugh. So we have this love affair with rebellion, but oftentimes, I mean, shoot, most of the time, the actual rebellion itself is an ugly, murderous affair. And even if it's successful, man, it's ugly. It's not pretty. It's not the American Revolution of Constitution and Bill of Rights in this new great nation of free men. Ours worked out. Man, others really, really do not work out. They just do not work out. You end up governed 
after a rebellion, in the rare case the rebellion's successful, you end up governed lots of times by a bigger tyrant than the one you just dumped. Hang on a sec. Rebellions oftentimes are ugly things. And in order to have one, you've got to do ugly things. You know, one of the most famous rebellions ever, not going to get sidetracked here, but everybody knows the, the, the rebellion of Spartacus. They made, of course, the great movie about it. Spartacus freeing the slaves of Rome, rising up, fighting against this oppressive demon of a nation. Forces men into gladiator fights. Um, one of the first things Spartacus did was force the people he captured into gladiator fights. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's not. There was there was a lot of raping and pillaging going on when Spartacus was making his way through the Roman countryside. And I'm not look. I'm not crushing Spartacus at all. Historically, the dude is a legend. It's. Rebellions are ugly, man. And now this group decides it is time to have us a rebellion. It is time to rise up and cast off the British. We've had enough. Should be noted, Germany actually tried to get on, in on the action. Remember, we are now in the heart of World War II. Or World War I. World War II. It's World War I. We're in the heart of World War I. Germany trying to figure out every angle to defeat every single nation they can. And when they find out that there is a group of rebels trying to rise up and cause super, super, super big problems for the British, well, that sounds like a movement we can get behind. They even had talked about landing a German expeditionary force on the coast of Ireland. Now, that's not like that would be super successful. You probably wouldn't send your crack troops up there, borderline suicide mission. But imagine the advantage for Germany if you can get Britain double-focused, if Britain has to commit manpower and resources to a totally new front of the war. It's a huge win for Germany. They try to ship these rebels weapons the weapons almost get there. The British actually ended up detecting the ship they were on. The captain of the ship, Roger Casement was his name, finds out his ship's been discovered, sets off a bomb and scuttles the ship and sends all the weapons to the bottom of the ocean. The Brits charged him with treason and executed him for that. Now, let's get to the actual rebel group, the IRB. There aren't a ton of them now. At one point, their numbers had swelled to 15,000. But remember what I said, most of their number took off and went to war. The guys you have left are more hardcore. 
and they start to put together a rebellion. Now, putting together a rebellion is not as easy as it sounds. We all know how this goes in the movies, right? They finally decide one day as they're sitting around a table chugging beers, enough is enough. And then the inspirational music plays. And the next thing you know, they're standing in front of an army yelling freedom with 20,000 people. Ah, takes a little bit more than that. Especially during a more advanced technological era. You see, if you want to put together a rebellion, well, um, you're surrounded by authorities who will arrest you on the spot if they find out. How do you communicate? How do you communicate in a secure way? What if you were starting a rebellion today? Do you think you should just fire off a, a group text to all your other buddies? Hey, rebellion's on at noon. Let's get some tacos at 1130 so we're fueled up. I'm obviously being facetious, but you have to think about these things. Or... I guess if you're a sick mind, you'll think about these things like, I, how do you do that? Communication is one of the key points where rebellions fail throughout history. And today would be no different. You'd have people trying to organize something in whatever society they were, and they'd be trying to organize something over channels that were very much comp- compromised. Well, Men who lead rebellions are oftentimes smart enough to know that, so these guys did something actually pretty intelligent. Now, there are drawbacks, but they didn't really write anything down. You really get discovered when you write something down. Back then, it would have been letters. Hey, uh, hey print off 100 copies of this rebellion schedule. Uh, one of those copies is going to fall into the hands of somebody who shouldn't have it. So it's hard. But they organize it without writing things down, and they also start pulling together weapons. And when I say pull together weapons, I mean they're scrapping for them. They're actually stealing them from some British soldiers they find. They're taking their own hunting rifles. This is not an extremely well-armed force by any stretch of the imagination. April 24th, 1916 finally pops up, and this is the day. And they think they're going to go out there, and they're going to have 2,500 troops join them only. Of course, there had to be one guy who screwed it all up. From his perspective, he would say he did the smart thing, which he probably did. But this guy, part of the rebellion sends out a letter to all the troops in the rebellion and says, do not show up for the rebellion. This is a mistake. It's the wrong time to do the rebellion. The other part of the leadership of the rebellion says, show up for the rebellion. Rebellion's on. Half the guys are on holiday because it's Easter. Half the guys went with the other memo. Let's just say the 2,500 dudes they showed up with turned into 1,500 real fast. And they had a plan. This took place in Dublin, Ireland. The plan involved, one, taking Dublin Castle, 
Dublin Castle had had all the British leadership there. It would be the best strategic place. They show up at Dublin Castle, 30 dudes, 30 members of the rebellion show up at Dublin Castle, quickly shoot the unarmed guard. Then they try to take the castle. Six guys shoot back at them. These idiots had no idea how many were actually in the castle, so they thought they were outnumbered and retreated when they could have had the castle like it was nothing. Well, those guys are gone. The main headquarters of the rebellion took place in the post office, the Grand Post Office. I should say something about them taking over the post office. They showed up and took it over. That had a lot more significance for most of history than it has for us today. What do you think of when you think of the post office? That place I have to visit once every six months when I get that annoying little card saying I have a piece of certified mail I have to go down and sign for. That's the only time the post office even enters your mind. Maybe you go down and ship a package off every now and then. But you have UPS, FedEx, we have email, phone, text message. There are just, I mean, Amazon's delivering everything to your front door. You just don't think about the post office much. But this is 1916. The post office, in your mind as a citizen, is extremely central to your life. Virtually all of the communication you have with the outside world, and I mean all of it, comes through that post office. It is significant to you. Very significant to you. They take it over. They take over a factory. They take over a bread shop. They take over a candy shop. And the people they were hoping that would rise up around them and join them. Let's join the fight for a free Ireland. They're mad as can be at the guys rising up because they made some extreme extreme miscalculations one many of these places they're taking they're in the poor neighborhoods what do you think happens when you're a rebel unit and you walk down into a bakery and you take it over and that bakery's in the poor neighborhood um where am i supposed to get food bro i'm glad you're having a rebellion but i'm hungry and it gets worse from there. Boomer Naturals. They have face masks. And what have I been telling you? How long have I been talking to you about Boomer Naturals? And I've been coming on here and I've been saying this. Employers are going to require that you wear these things. Cities are going to require that you wear these things as we open back up. Sporting events, concerts, when they start opening, many are going to require that you wear them. And surprise, surprise, I'm right again. Whether you want to or not, you need to have a mask available to you. That's why you need to go to BoomerNaturals.com. And when you use the promo code JESSE20 at BoomerNaturals.com, you get 20% off everything. Every time you shop, it's not a one-time thing, and it's not only on face masks. They have tons, tons of great products there, and as you can imagine, all-natural products. BoomerNaturals.com. That's BoomerNaturals.com. 
Now, the rebellion is in full swing with all 1,500 people rebelling. It sounds small, but it's not necessarily that small. And I should say the rebels were expecting a vicious, immediate response from Britain. And it didn't really come. Britain only had about 400 troops in the city. They had a bunch of people outside of the city because it was an Easter holiday. The rebels, again, are not being treated well. The crowd is mad. Sometimes the crowd is actually tearing down the barricades the rebels have set up. Other people are, as often happens, as happens every time, other people, not caring which side they're on, start looting, start taking advantage of any kind of anarchy situation in the city. The rebels aren't communicating well with each other. It is disorganized. It's kind of a mess. However, they do have the post office and they do put up a proclamation. One I will get to in just a few minutes. And this proclamation reads pretty good. Now, Britain finally starts getting its act together and starts sending troops into the city. But I need to again point out, this is in the middle of World War II. This is April 1916. Oh, gosh, I just said World War II again. This is in the middle of World War I. Britain is throwing every single available man into the meat grinder of World War I. Who do you think is left? Let's take a brief side note here and go ahead and offend some people by telling them the truth like I always do. All troops are not the same. All troops are not the same. Especially if you are a civilian, it is human nature to view them as being all the same. Let me tell you a quick little side story. We were, I was in the Marine Corps Infantry. We were well-trained. I wasn't doing this every now and then. When you were in the Marine Corps Infantry, you train all the time. Weapons, tactics, physical training, all the time. It is your job. Same way, you wake up eight, nine hours a day. How long you been doing it? Doesn't take you long to do something really, really well when you do it for that long. We get to Baghdad. We fight our way through Iraq. At one point in time, we're being relieved off of this little base we had. I'm not going to go into the details of it. And we get word that some Army National Guard reservists are showing up to relieve us. Now, most of our reserve units by this point, because we've been at war for 20 freaking years, are actually well-trained and, and have some combat experience. This is prior to that. These are the ultimate weekend warrior types. If this offends you, I don't give a crap. These guys showed up, and you want to talk about completely worthless, fat, out of shape, couldn't handle a weapon, couldn't shoot a weapon, had no idea how to patrol. 
Our company first sergeant had me and a couple of the other NCOs pull them together to give them some training so these guys didn't get killed. And I swear to you, I went to him after the first day and said, first sergeant, these guys are all going to die. He said, no, 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 no. You get your butt back there and make sure they don't. And yet, if that guy was standing beside one of us, you would view them as the same. They're not the same. The same as, you know, I'm, these, all these Navy SEALs and Green Beret types I bring on. People, I'm not fit to carry their jock. These are guys, the elite of the elite. Everything happens in levels is what I'm trying to tell you. Now, in the heart of World War I, with absolute carnage, the world's on fire. Britain and France are throwing everything they have against Germany. And it's... it's what kind of troops do you think Britain would leave behind, not even in Britain, but over in Dublin, Ireland? Yeah, exactly. Do you think the crack troops are getting put in Dublin, Ireland, or do you think we're, you're stashing the group of kind of stupid, out of shape, idiot losers you have who are just hanging around for a few years? Again, I know that's offensive. I don't care. I'm not your mommy. These guys sucked. And the rebels didn't seem to realize that Britain had crappy troops. They were always expecting Britain to show up with the studs of the British Army, and there were some studs. There were some of the best units in World War I came from the British Army. They had some beasts. These, not the beasts. So Britain takes their time. They start rolling into town. And Britain has a problem. A real problem. Well, not only are you rolling into town with a bunch of accountants wearing a uniform, you're also, you don't know who's who. Uh-oh. Hang on. You do not know how to fight the IRS on your own. I don't either. I'm not judging you at all, but look, we don't know what we're doing here. The IRS is part of the federal government, the most powerful entity in the world. I don't know how to get back at them. I don't know how to avoid them crushing me, taking my business, taking my home, garnishing my wages. Paramount Tax Relief does. And if you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, there's actually a chance you qualify for the new CNC tax program. And if you do, you stop making any payments to the IRS when you're in the program. But again, I can't give you these answers. Paramount Tax Relief can. I'm telling you right now, the emails, the phone calls, the letters, they're not going to stop coming. They're not going to forget about you. Call Paramount Tax Relief today. 800-816-8749. 800-816-8749. Start fighting back with a pro. It is a difficult thing putting down a rebellion for a lot of reasons. One, 
of the main reasons is um, who's a rebel and who's not a rebel. These rebels didn't have uniforms. You're rolling in. You're the British Army. You have to put down a rebellion. Uh, is that guy across the street walking his dog? Looks like a young man in fighting shape. Is that a rebel? There's some people shouting at us from that house over there. They seem mad. I bet they're rebels. Who's a rebel who's not a rebel? You, you as a British commander also, remember, we just talked about this. You do not have crack British troops with you. You have the bottom of the barrel in every way. Physically, intellectually, you have a bunch of weekend warrior types who were chilling in Dublin. These are not the best people. And so you get into town and what do you see? People, you don't know who's a rebel, who's not. You see people looting. Well, are the people looting rebels? Is that guy, He, I, I, I think he's, he must be a rebel. He just stole an oven. What? But Britain starts to get its act together. They figure out they have to put down this rebellion. And what do they do? They bring in machine guns and artillery. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. The Brits begin to surround the rebels at their various locations. The rebels, well, they had this thing pictured all wrong. Remember that old saying? Amateurs study tactics, professionals study logistics. The rebels anticipated a fast British response. And to their credit, bravery-wise, the rebels anticipated going down in a blaze of glory, dying. They weren't under the impression this was going to be successful. Where they also miscalculated again is they thought the public would be with them. And understand this. In any rebellion, any rebellion, you are going to be fighting against many of the very people you think you are almost sure will be on your side. Does that sound familiar? The public did not rise up for them. This is a time where the public had many of their own sons, their own husbands, off dying on the Western Front, fighting alongside those Brits these people were rebelling against. It almost seemed... Uniquely traitorous. So the public didn't rise up. And the Brits didn't go charging in and start shooting people in the face. The Brits slowly surrounded them, which was smart, and just simply started to wait and squeeze. And these rebels, they didn't bring any food. That's a big deal. Professional study logistics, remember? I will tell you, it always struck me, no matter what, when we would be out in the field, combat or otherwise, and my platoon would get a five-ton, a truck, it's it's a truck, a five-ton would pull up with MREs for us, 
for one meal or two meals or three meals, and it would shock me how uh, it would fill up the truck. And I would look every time and think, my word, is that for the week? No, that's that's for today. Maybe tomorrow. Or think about how much food one young man, 18, 19 years old, can consume. Now picture how much food one man, 18, 19 years old, can consume under a high-stress, high-calorie-burning environment. It takes a ton of food, and it's not sexy. We hardly bring it up on the show except in passing because it's not sexy. You can't quantify beans. People want to hear about bombs and blood and bullets and sword fights and all this other stuff. But the truth is, like Napoleon famously said, an army runs on its stomach. It takes a lot of food. Julius Caesar conquered Gaul on this concept. He figured out how to supply his army, and he let those idiot Celts build up these armies that were several, several, several times bigger than his ever was, and he would just hunker down and wait. He'd be like, well, I'm glad they got 300,000 men to my 50,000. Have fun feeding that. And in about a week, the rebels would be all, I'm hungry. I'm going to go home. You have to eat. The rebels begin to starve. The rebels begin to surrender. And the Brits, well, they begin to fire these artillery pieces in the city. They begin to fire machine guns in the city. And the rebels do really well in their battle engagements, I should say. They are well-drilled. They equip themselves very well. A lot more British troops died in this than rebels died in the actual fighting. The rebels did really well. But you're Britain. You're in Dublin. You are now in the middle of Dublin arresting and shooting civilians, sometimes on accident, sometimes on purpose. You're also shelling valuable landmarks to them. These people who were against the rebels are still against the rebels, starting to get less and less against the rebels. Uh, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're here, but you actually killed my neighbor's cousin last night. He wasn't a rebel. He was heading out to, to play some soccer, and you shot him in the street. Hey, Britton, I'm glad you're here. Um, that building you burnt to the ground last night, that had been around since my great-great-grandpa was here. Could you stop doing that? It's a tough situation. Finally, wrap all this up. The rebels surrender. Only lasted five or six days. They surrender. Hey, we're done. We're good. Britain now screws the whole thing up badly. You see, as soon as the rebels surrendered... The people were still mad at them. They were so mad as the rebels were marched out. They were screaming at them and throwing things at them and dumping their chamber pots on them. Ugh, if you, well, that is not a pleasant experience to have a chamber pot dumped on you. Big deal. Very big deal. They marched them off. They send several of them off to prisons and here's the thing, Britain didn't vet anybody very well. Remember how I told you when they were in the city and they couldn't tell this rebel from that rebel? 
Well, the same thing happened when they marched people off to prison. I'm talking over a thousand people off to prison, and lots of them had nothing to do with the rebellion at all, and they sent them off to prison without trial. And then it came time for the leadership. 17 members. Again, remember how I've always told you the numbers are different? I had four different sources on this. Two of them say it was 17 people. One says 16. One says 15. The numbers are always different. But Britain begins to hold a trial in secret for the, quote, leaders of the rebellion. Again, some were not leaders of the rebellion. Some never fired a shot. Britain holds secret trials, denies the right of these guys to have defense. So it's essentially a court-martial with no defense, and they start executing them. Day after day after day, they're lining these guys up. You can still see the little place where they shot them, and they're shooting them. Dead. And now the public is starting to turn. And now even some guys with the Brits are sending messages back saying, this is not good here. We need to stop shooting people. This is not good here, but they don't stop. And they eventually stand them all up and shoot them down. And now what happened, what began as a 1,500-man rebellion in Dublin, Ireland, began all those Irish troubles you've read about your entire life. You want to know how all that began? This is where all of that began. The rebellion failed. The leaders, kind of, were all shot down. Participants hauled off to jail. Total embarrassing failure, right? Not in the end, it wasn't. Not for them, it wasn't. Divides in the public are not unusual. Not unusual at all. What is unusual is a rebellion actually leading somewhere, actually finishing somewhere positive like it ended up finishing for Ireland. That is rare. So why did this work? Why would a disorganized, poorly equipped rebellion of 1,500 people that was put down in a week by some lame British troops, why would it succeed when so many other rebellions in the history of the world failed? Why did it succeed? Tell you in a second. You know, I have to admit, I was in the grocery store this weekend, a place I love to go, and I saw this mother with her daughter there, a little daughter, and the daughter had a face mask on that was up to her eyeballs. I am not exaggerating. It was half covering her eyeballs. She clearly had an adult face mask on the child, and I thought to myself, my word, lady, <laughs> get the kid a face mask that fits. 
They have those at Boomer Naturals. Go to Boomer Naturals. They have these great 30-day face masks that give you 92.2% antibacterial protection. And get this. They have adult sizes and kid sizes. So you can stop putting a full head covering on your child and just give them a face mask. And it save you a little bit of money. They give you 20% off every time you go to Boomer Naturals when you use the code JESSE20. BoomerNaturals.com, promo code JESSE20. Thing for you briefly and you need to hear this I debated whether or not to read it but remember I said they posted the proclamation up at the general post office the headquarters of the rebellion here it is Irish men and Irish women in the name of God and of the dead generations from which she receives her old tradition of nationhood Ireland through us summons her children to her flag and strikes for her freedom. Having organized and trained her manhood through her secret revolutionary organization, the Irish Republican Brotherhood, and through her open military organizations, the Irish Volunteers and the Irish Citizen Army, having patiently perfected her discipline, having resolutely waited for the right moment to reveal itself, she now seizes that moment and, and, supported by her exiled children in America and by gallant allies in Europe, But relying in the first on her own strength, she strikes in full confidence of victory. We declare the right of the people of Ireland to the ownership of Ireland and to the unfettered control of Irish destinies to be sovereign and indefeasible. The long usurpation of that right by a foreign people and government has not extinguished the right, nor can it ever be extinguished except by the destruction of the Irish people. In every generation, the Irish people have asserted their right to national freedom and sovereignty. Six times during the past 300 years, they have asserted it in arms. Standing on that fundamental right and again asserting it in arms in the face of the world, we hereby proclaim the Irish Republic as sovereign, independent state, and we pledge our lives and the lives of our comrades in arms to the cause of its freedom, of its welfare, and of its exaltation among the nations. The Irish Republic is entitled to and hereby claims the allegiance of every Irishman and Irish woman. The Republic guarantees religious and civil liberty, equal rights, and equal opportunities to all its citizens and declares its resolve to pursue the happiness and prosperity of the whole nation and of all its parts, cherishing all the children of the nation equally and oblivious to the differences carefully fostered by an alien government which have divided a minority from the majority in the past. Until our arms have brought the opportune moment for the establishment of a permanent national government, representative of the whole people of Ireland and elected by the suffrages of all her men and women, the provisional government hereby constituted will administer the civil and military affairs of the Republic in trust for the people. We place the cause of the Irish Republic under the protection of the Most High God, whose blessing we invoke upon our arms, and we pray that no one who serves that cause will dishonor it by cowardice, inhumanity, or rapine. In this supreme hour, the Irish nation must, by its valor and discipline and by the readiness of its children to sacrifice themselves for the common good, prove itself worthy of the august destiny to which it is called.
Do you want to know why the rebellion after was held so high and eventually resulted in Irish freedom? Because it wasn't founded on power for this person or power for that person. So many rebellions really are founded on that. That's really what they are. I don't like this guy in power. I want to be in power. I don't like these people in power. We should be in power. It was founded on the one thing that usually leads to successful rebellions. It was founded on the fact that men and women should be free. That proclamation is held in such high regard, it's still posted around Ireland, including in the sacred burial spot where they buried all those people who were executed. It's there in English. I have heard from more people than I can count during this absolute disaster. Economically, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the pandemic. I have heard from people frustrated with people on the right. Why aren't they helping us? Why are they working against us? What is wrong? And I personally, I have to admit something to you. I rarely care enough about anything to get frustrated because I'm a sociopath. I've been frustrated myself with people I called friends, still call friends. What is wrong with you, dude? What are you talking about? Millions are going to die. Go home. What? You've been telling me about freedom my whole life. What? And the truth of the matter is this. Do you know what percentage of the colonies fought on our side in the American Revolution? One third. One third didn't care. One third fought for the British. The truth is this. If you are somebody who's been angry about these absurd government policies, and you're somebody who's been angry and frustrated with people who were on your side as I have been, here is the truth for you and the truth for me. Your job is to lead, and most of the people you think you can trust are going to bail on you the second it gets hard. But that doesn't mean you stop leading. You see how it ended. In the short term, yeah, you get tied to a stake in a British prison and get shot. In the long term, if you're fighting for the right cause, you're going to be remembered, man. If you're one of the people who's felt awfully lonely speaking out, don't stop. Don't be tempted to stop. I've had moments, especially in the past couple months, where I've thrown up my hands and be like, you know what? Screw it. Lock it all down and burn the freaking country down. If my own side doesn't care either, screw it all. That's wrong. Don't get there. That's wrong. Keep fighting. That's all I'm saying. Keep fighting. We have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Yes, this whole thing came from a bad model that's now being openly mocked. Yes, the people on our side, for a variety of reasons, caved in. Even our president went right along with it. Let's be honest. Trump went right along with it. Locked down this, locked down that. Doesn't matter. All that's in the past now. 
We have got to not only go forward talking about opening up the economy again so people can live. We have got to go forward having renewed conversations about liberty and what it actually means. Because the truth is this. The federal government, your state government, your mayor, in no way should have the authority to destroy his or her own economy. Your mayor, your governor, your congressman, your senator, your president in a free country should not, does not have the authority to destroy your livelihood, the livelihood of your loved ones. They do not. I do not acknowledge that authority. Let the lawsuits begin. And I'm not even a lawsuit guy. Let the constitutional challenges and lawsuits begin all across this nation. I'm not worried about now. Well, I'm slightly worried about now. I'm worried about setting a precedent for the future. So the next time one of these viruses pops up, and there will be a next time, these people are not under the impression they have the authority to do what they've done to us ever again. Never again can this happen in the United States of America. So if you've been frustrated, if you are frustrated, get over it. I've been too. Now's the time. Let them hear it. Let them own what they've done. Let us resolve to never, ever, 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 ever even consider lunacy like this ever again. Ever again. It is time for a new course in this country. I realize we are down and out right now. Let's take this opportunity to be the rebels. Newton Group Transfer, they are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. 
If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hear fascinating animal stories to explore wildlife across the globe in Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife. Starting March 15th, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.